0: excited. Woo-hoo. We're back! We are back. Hey Marlea. Hi Patrice. Nobody else knows we were gone. No. <laughs> <laughs> We've Boy.
1: been here for an
0: hour. <laughs> you know. We yeah I just got back from vacation so we like we're scrambling to get episodes out on time which is nice because it's just nice to be back in the pod basement. Yes <clears throat> although
1: vacation um suffering from any of that vacation depression like when you come back after being on
0: oh, on the beach Ooh, she thought you were talking to her alexa did no alexa
1: is letting me know that I, sorry alexa stop alexa <laughs> stop
0: i, I got she a package won't she won't stop she won't stop look nope. what she's Oh no, no!
1: Now that means a package.
0: Oh, it does. Okay, yeah. she's glowing. She is Alexa. glowing a different it's color. It's gonna take over our lives. It's <laughs> taken over your life already, Patrice. You've given she over is. to her. Um, she's in
1: charge. She's raising my child right now. <laughs>
0: um, did I have? Uh, I had. Dip, I had. I had vacation depression on the way home from the beach. Mm. And then when I got home, I was just really glad to be home. Oh, well, that's good. But it's it's pretty easy to get to vacation depression on the way home when you're the one that's sitting in the back with the kids. <laughs> like, But at least we have a... Um, at least we have a video screen now yes which i always thought oh well it's it's not necessary and it's been you know they've always been fine on trips and everything but it is a lot easier to just say watch the hobbit <laughs> we're going to watch the we're going to watch all like 18 hours of the hobbit <laughs> while right. we drive instead so of like are we there yet or i got to pee mm-hmm. or, you know
1: whatever
0: so yeah we did the beach the beach was Good. fun we were at gulf shores we got stung by jellyfish and it wasn't so bad. We saw dolphins really close up. That's so cool. And they jumped all the way out of the water. They were like maybe thirty feet from me and Coco. It was pretty cool. Wow. And showing off really. And then at the zoo down there, you can pay like twelve dollars and hold a lemur. Oh, did you get <laughs> to hold like, a lemur? I did. Awesome. I don't know how. I don't know how. Um, how other zoos might look at that. <laughs> I, I just sat there thinking, like, what if I had like. It's a common cold. I could probably wipe out your entire colony, but, um. A colony of <laughs> lemurs? entire colony of lemurs. <laughs> but no, they were, they the were. George lemur. <laughs> <laughs> they were so flipping cute though. They were, because we let each kid choose a, an encounter that they wanted to do. And Abby had the, it was the pygmy anteater.
1: Oh, cool. That she,
0: you know, went back and got to pet and it tried to climb on her, but they're not allowed to do that because they have really, really sharp nails. Mm-hmm. And you could do a sloth or a kangaroo or reptiles, or you could do the lemurs. And so Coco choose the lemurs, but she's too young to do it by herself. Abby did hers by herself. And so I went in with her and you just sit on this bench and there's six, six month old black and white lemurs Aww, and they just lemurs. jump on you and their hands are so soft they hold your hand i mean like they were very affectionate like they'd climb on you they'd sit the lady that was with us like they sat in her lap they tried to go through her purse um <laughs> they, Naughty lemurs. they licked everything I <laughs> know dirty little <laughs> lemurs we learned a little too much about lemurs like mm. apparently they eat their own poop uh, and then they licked my kid's face, mm, but, but um, I mean, dogs. they're still pretty cute. <laughs> I know dogs. Dogs eat their own everything and everybody else's everything, and then right. they lick your face. And then they lick your face, right? And uh, what was the other thing? Oh, I learned, I learned that lemurs have two tongues. Hmm? I swear to God, that's what she said. She said that lemurs have an overtongue that they use for like all kinds of things and grooming and everything. And then they have like an undertongue that has like teeth, like little crooked toothy edges on it so that they can clean. It's the undertongue is supposed to be able to clean the, the hair out of their mouth and off the backs of their teeth after they groom. And I was like, wow, they have two tongues. Does Google agree with the lady at the zoo?
1: Yeah. It's showing. Yeah. It's like a, tooth comb kind Mm -hmm. of thing yeah weird i thought that was
0: pretty neat it is pretty neat so i learned that about lemurs
1: that's awesome
0: and they're really soft they feel like sheep they don't they their fur is like wooly it's
1: not they're not like the stinky animals did they are they they seemed pretty clean okay i guess it's the tooth comb (laughs) yeah <laughs> the and tongue down,
0: but yeah, that was pretty cool. We did lots of cool stuff. And then on the way home, we passed the go to church or the devil will get you sign. Oh, that's always a good one. And uh, we, oh, Courtney thinks we got pretty close to Bear Creek Swamp. Oh, cool. And what was the other thing on? Oh, and on the way home, we mm-hmm. stopped at Bucky's in Gulf Shores, which, or I guess it's not in Gulf Shores, it's north of Gulf Shores. But Bucky's is like, we were laughing because we we're like making a special stop at a gas station and it felt really dumb. We were like, We're doing the touristiest touristy <laughs> thing.
1: The redneck
0: tourist. <laughs> because everybody keeps on saying you've gotta get beaver nuggets from Bucky's What? I've never heard that. And we were like, okay, we're gonna stop at Bucky's. It has hundred and twenty-four gas pumps. Oh my god. It's like the size of a Walmart.
1: Could you imagine
0: how much like the gas takes underneath? Oh my god like just whole wow like, all buckies just wow so we went in and they have like they make their own fudge and like roasted sugared pecans and all that. i mean it's like a smorgasbord inside and they have like barbecue and a bakery and then they have just regular groceries like you know wow. travel you could grocery there, stuff. so you could pretty much live there apocalypse hit buckies hit Bucky's. yes barricade the doors you'd be fine Mm -hmm. for For minimum six years (laughs) all the all the all the clothes with the decorative curly q um you know Mm -hmm. encouraging statements on them um (laughs) you know (laughs) lots of monograms and just (laughs) tons of dipping dots and donuts and you know sesame sticks so Mm, um but we did we did buy beaver nuggets because it had been told to us that we needed to try them and we're just like okay so describe a beaver nugget when we looked it up originally it just said they were like puffed sweetened puffed corn and um like sugar that's sugar smacks. smacks they were like honey smacks yeah and so we're like well that doesn't sound that good and then um so Courtney bought like a smallest bag she could get of beaver nuggets and we got in the car and we opened them up and they were freaking amazing we were like vindicated all these people <laughs> that we've been making fun of for going to buy beaver nuggets you are true believers now, we're true huh? believers because here's what it is it's like it's like puffed corn like the way that cheetos puffs are a little bit more they're like bigger mm-hmm. but they're crunchy mm-hmm. because they're covered in like a, a honey a, sh- a sweet glaze like a brown sugar glaze mm-hmm. But then they've got salted caramel oh, flavoring. So sweet so and So they're salt. sweet and salty. You got me. Yeah. They're amazing. And they also, that teeny tiny bag that she got. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, this is... <laughs> 330 calories (laughs) why did she read the calories if you don't read it it doesn't count (laughs) they're like what makes it 330 calories like puffed corn is mostly air she's like I bet that's all the sugar Mm -hmm. on the outside of that sucker they infuse it with lard oh my god but they were so good so beaver nuggets beaver nuggets. I am a a tourist I apologize
1: (laughs) but they're really pretty good
0: oh man so that's my vacation. That's my essay. Oh, that's vacation essay. <laughs> what I did on my summer vacation. Uh, I'm still waiting
1: for my summer vacation. Yes. <laughs> Never going to happen. But it's okay, because school years for the kids have started. Yes. So we're, like, childless.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. In the mornings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, university is fixing to start next week, so. Boo. Ooh, yeah. Real world kind of stuff, but I, I get this week, well, no, I still haven't finished grading.
0: <laughs> I get like a day. That was so
1: sad. <laughs> I get this week, well, no. <laughs> I get a day, and then it's off to teach.
0: Again. Again.
1: Again. But that's okay, because we have some really exciting things lining up. That we do.
0: One we
1: can't talk about.
0: Yes, because it's not a completely done deal. It's not a completely done deal, but it's going to be awesome if it happens. If uh, it happens, it'll be in September. Right. And that's all I can say. That's tell all you. we can
1: say. So keep listening and join all of our socials for real. So that, you know, like when stuff happens, because a lot of times with us, it happens kind of last minute. And we also just forget to say shit. And we forget to say shit. And then like, we have
0: to do our real jobs sometimes. Yeah, we do have those. <laughs> multiples. <laughs> multiples. Multiples of those. Exactly. So the other thing. Yes. That we can talk about. Absolutely. Is a um, Halloweeny show. Yes. That we're going to be doing. And we're being hosted by the Goat House Beer Garden in Montgomery. Mm-hmm. May have heard us talk about that before. On our little it's not an ad, it's a personal recommendation because we love the goat house programming. Yes, they're our official sponsors. Mm-hmm. They are, and they're awesome. So um yeah, James is going to host us at the Goat House on October 26th at the Saturday night, the weekend before Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, we are looking at doing a happy hour starting at, at five, 5 at the Goat House, yes. and then we'll have a live show there starting around 7. seven. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's gonna. Um, we're going to have the the event page set up pretty soon and we'll give you links and share everything on the socials to tickets and all that kind of stuff. Um, It's not a huge venue. So if you are interested, um, we get your tickets. early. Yes. Watch those, watch those socials and get your tickets quick because it's, it's not a great big place. No. Um, So yeah, but we're really looking forward to it because the house is just, it's perfect for Halloween. It really is.
1: And we've got our nice green chairs, velvet chairs that we're going to sit in. Mm -hmm. I'm dressing up. I guess I will be too. And i encourage curious Are we going to dress up as things? I
0: well, We're going to Halloween dress up. I
1: think we should.
0: I, I mean, think we should. Why
1: why miss the opportunity?
0: <gasps> we should. So yeah, I
1: don't know yet. Actually, I do know. I do know what I'm gonna be. But hey, wow, that was fast. I, I kinda already decided like
0: three months ago. <laughs> You're like my kids. Like last November 1st, Coco's like, Do you know what I'm gonna be for Halloween yes. next year?
1: That's kinda me too, but but I usually change my mind like sixteen times between then and so now. Does she? But All it's right. gotta be a major announcement every time. Yes. Well, yeah, because it's a huge thing every time. So encourage you if you come see us in Montgomery. To dress up, yeah, and then may, maybe we'll do a. I don't know. I don't want to like announce anything. It's like maybe we'll do a giveaway to the best dressed. Mm,
0: we could probably do something. We could like do that. something like
1: that. Yeah, okay.
0: that that would be fun. And we'll bring merch and stuff like that too. Oh, absolutely, so yeah. We're gonna have, have a bunch of new shirts, stuff.
1: print up, and new stickers,
0: and all that fun stuff. If you're interested, you're interested, and you know you are. <laughs> <laughs> Wee So yeah, we're super excited about that. That's yes. gonna be fun.
1: Um, yes, so, as soon as we announce it, get your tickets, because, like she said, it's going, there's limited seating, um, but it's going to be amazing. We're going to have a specialty drink, and it's going to be so much fun. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, not- other news, uh, I got a book in the mail, and you may have seen it on, like, uh, Facebook or Instagram. And it's like our first official mail. So we I'm so got excited. Mail. I, know. I went to the post office box. I was like, yay. But um, so Asher Elbin. Mm-hmm. And again, this is kind of what we agreed to call him, Elbin, if this is the wrong pronunciation <laughs> of
0: should... a last name. We really should probably. We'll um, just ask. We'll ask... say, can you please phonetically spell your last name for us? Yes. So that we don't continue to slaughter it. Right. So again, he
1: is the. Um, uh, the person that wrote the article about the snake handling, which I covered at Podex, if you um, hadn't heard me talk about them before, but he contacted and he's like, I want to send you a book. He sent the book. It's an amazing book. He did it with Tiffany Terrell. And I looked and she did like these amazing artwork and if you follow her on Instagram, she has like all of this amazing artwork. It's very much reminiscent of the person's name that I can't remember right now. But <laughs> he's he's the uh illustrator for the scary stories, the um, stories to tell in the dark. What oh. is it? The one that's supposed to have the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that called? I don't know. Okay. But y'all know what I'm talking about. It's the one where like,
0: you know, the late, thank you, Google. I'm, I'm looking on my phone. I'm like, oh my God, I have the internet at my fingertips. <laughs> I
1: do too. But if I Google right now, then I'm going to sit here and just like,
0: it's yes. going to be dead air. You tell, you
1: tell. Um, but anyway, he sent us the book. It's called Ghost Days and it's fiction, but it's set in Southern Appalachia. And uh, I am very excited. It's got a female uh, lead she has a peg leg, makes it very interesting, and I look forward to reading it in my one day that I have off before school. Is it uh, Stephen Gammel? Yes, Stephen yes. Gamble. who was the illustrator. And when I did the Strange South uh, logo, when we first started this, I was totally vibing off of him and his artwork because it's got that smudgy, mm-hmm. um,
0: ghosty kind of charcoal graphite feel to it oh you should you should look him up too if you haven't i feel like we may have talked about this on here before Mm -hmm. because i i remember i remember you talking about these drawings i found that the first link that i came up with was the 15 most disturbing illustrations from the uh the artwork that traumatized me as a child right
1: (laughs) and and that's exactly right that was like one of those scholastic uh school book fairs where i ordered those books and his, like, because it's cover art, and you're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And then you read it, and it's, like, even more disturbing <laughs> than, you know, what you first uh, thought of. Because there's, like, lady with spiders coming out of her face. Yeah, I saw that and, one. You know, stuff like that. Cool. So, anyway. So, we're going to have to read that book. We're going to read the book. I will probably give a quick synopsis, you know. But, again, it's not going to happen. Sorry, anytime soon, because a lot to do Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i'm really excited hopefully it'll happen sooner than later (laughs) but i'll put links to like her work and to his socials as well on our page so if you want to like get the book read it for yourself or look them up you can totally find them sweet yay and we like getting mail yeah you should send us mail (laughs) that was exciting (laughs) we're not gonna pander to you at all what is it po box something 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 (laughs) Shit. <laughs> what you asked me. It's like P.O. Box 1091. 1091. Jacksonville, Alabama 36265. Send us mail. <laughs> we like mail. Or postcard. postcard. Even if it's just cool.
0: a little post it note stuck inside an envelope totally would dig that you know i mean if you're anything like me it'll take you like four years to send it once you sit it in the like you'll put it in the envelope oh, and then yes. you'll sit it on your kitchen table and you'll be like one day i'll buy stamps <laughs> yes or one day i'll actually go to the post office i have probably a good five
1: years of christmas cards <laughs> that were personal notes oh my God. handwritten lettered expensive you know, cause graphic designer, I've got to have like really tasteful, um, Christmas cards that were like the end thing and like labeled and, you know, addressed and they are still sitting. I've got, I've got <laughs> probably a good five years. So everybody that oh my didn't God, I get, gave up on that so long ago, oh, you know, I have to, it, it's been like, since we moved here, uh, I haven't done it cause I'm like, I'm just going to have to face reality. I'm not that person.
0: Yeah, I'm not either. It's I, not either. I think no. the best I did, like the most recent one I did was y- several, several years ago. And we did one of those where you just go on Shutterfly or something yes. and load up your pictures and they send them all. Right. And even getting the addresses into that was mm. like too much for me to take. So, yeah. You know.
1: I, I'm, but I mean, I still, they're in a box and I, I just you know, kind of want to put a stamp on them and just send them and just <laughs> <laughs> Just like I really did think of you for five years, and here's your card. <laughs> it's the thought that counts. It's the thought that counts. But nobody oh. even knew I was thinking of them because I never got it. Oh my gosh! Let's this, talk about this drink because oh I'm on my oh, yeah, second I one, about that. and it's beautiful. I need and it's to delicious. yeah, I need to refill here in a
0: second. Um, I so, could drink like a ton of this, obviously, since I'm about done with my second one. This is called the Pim's Cup, and it. Is Pim's liqueur, which is a gin based. Patrice had to look this up because mm-hmm. we didn't know. It's Pim's, and that's really the only alcohol it's, in it. Yeah, it's, it's gin based with like spices and herbs and stuff. That's a secret mis- mixture. Mr. Mr. Uh, <laughs> um, drinking. And this one has um, Cucumber slices muddled oh, and She went all out It's yes. got lemon juice and sugar And strawberry slices And orange slices and lemon slices and mint And ginger ale
1: Yes, I mean, so it's, even with water Yeah, with water That mixture would be amazing as well That's true But it's like next level with the
0: pims. I sat there and I looked at it though And I was like, oh. Courtney would have made this so much prettier. <laughs> no, I think you did an amazing job. Give I'm not going to knock credit. myself. I no. give myself lots of I, I give myself lots of credit. But she's she's Ooh. a wizard. We yes. do miss her today.
1: Yeah, we do miss her.
0: Um, but it's really good, and I need to get me another one in a minute.
1: Woo-hoo.
0: Um, and I don't know who goes first. I was it's, just thinking about that. Wait, last one. Oh, no. Okay.
1: So last one. You, you went first. first. I go first, which is kind of interesting that we were talking about the scary stories. Okay, let me find the name of that fucking book. Scary, scary stories to, to tell in the dark. dark. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So scary stories to tell in the dark. So it's really good that we kind of led with that. Because uh, when we were at. Uh, sorry, mine totally just going blank here. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> It's the bar in Anniston, The Peerless Peerless When we were at Peerless and, and we did our live show Ashley came up to me And my friend Ashley Came up to me afterwards And her husband was like Have you ever heard Of the uh, Telepo mm. I'm like what's the word are you talking like? Because we've been drinking. It was It was a lot. So after, it was after the show and that last drink, because I went first that time and I sat there and that last drink that Courtney gave me was like pure alcohol. Yeah, I don't know super what it, strong. like my nose was burning, my eyes were <laughs> watering, and then I was being totally grossed out by you and sorry. Yeah. Your story. Which was <laughs> was amazing. It was great. So afterwards I was like relieved that it was over because I was very nervous because that was our first live show. But I was also like very like inebriated altered all altered <laughs> right and so my friend Ashley came up to talk to us afterwards and she was like yeah she's like have you ever heard of tallypo?" and I was like first of all thought I was mishearing something <laughs> and then she was like uh and she was like here and she like pulled her husband over and she's like tell her about it and he was like oh and you know then people kept you know so it was like a very quick name drop in her husband. He was like, yeah, it scared the shit out of me as a kid kind of deal. And that's the last I heard of it. And then I emailed her afterwards. I was like, tell me, tell me what this is. I've never heard of it. And so I looked it up and because I want to make sure, cause I heard Tally po, and then I was to make sure that I heard right because I mishear shit all the time. <laughs> and I looked this up, this tell up online and it apparently scared the shit out of a lot of people okay and it's it's a campfire tale is what it is basically however i think it's really it's amazing because if you look uh in because it's posted online several times and there's some youtube videos that people have done like you know telling the story and doing the little animations and whatnot and like, every, like, if you read the comments, like, every so well, pretty much all the comments are like, yeah, I remember this. This terrified me as a kid. And, and you know, all this trauma that um, these people experienced from this tale. And I was like, okay. Wow. I know. It, it was really, it was really interesting. But we'll talk a little bit more on that after I tell you the story. Yes. All right. So, I got this story from Creepy Pasta. It was posted on there you ever been to creepy pasta? Mhm. Okay. So, I'm just going to read it straight up cuz I don't know. It's one of those things that it's of course is oral history and so it changes a little bit and I think it changes depending on your audience mm-hmm. as well. And so I think once you tell it like about 10 times, you kind of get your own little version and your own little spin on it and whatnot. But this is the one that I read that I liked the most. So the trials and tribulations of living in today's modern society can tend to wear on your nerves. One can grow very weary of dealing with bills and taxes and insurance and traffic and pollution, Not to mention anything about keeping food in the refrigerator. Amen. (laughs) Oftentimes, things can just make you want to holler and throw your hands up. And that's exactly what old Bill Smith did. He gave up all the luxuries and, if you ask me, some of the necessities of modern life. He loaded up just the barest of essentials and his three hunting dogs into the truck and moved away to North Georgia Mountains. Smitty that's what all of us folks in town called him, figured it wouldn't be that much of an adjustment. After all, he did love to hunt and fish and the great outdoors. And he did have the companionship of his three best friends, his dogs. I know, you know, and Contico Calico. (laughs) And, you know, what more could a man ask for? Smitty built himself a nice little cabin way back in the woods, and it wasn't very big, but it's just enough for him. And this cabin had only two rooms one he used for a bedroom, and the other for every other room, like the living room, dining room, kitchen, den, whatever. Um, he built himself this really nice fireplace where he could cook his food, warm his body on chilly nights. He planted himself a nice little vegetable garden on the side of the house, and he would hunt and fish for most of his food. It sounds like an amazing, clean mm-hmm. living. Off the grid. Off the grid. Um, but at least once a month, he would drive the 25 miles down the mountain to a little store and buy things that he couldn't provide for himself. <clears throat> and during warm months, Mitty had like no problems catching as much small game as he needed to feed himself. But on the colder months... Um, it proved to be a little bit more difficult to keep his stomach full. Well, it was one of these cold, wintry nights that Smitty went out to his storage shed to see what he could find for dinner. All he found was a piece of fatback meat and a handful of rice. There was too much snow on the ground to travel the 25 miles to the store, so he had to make do with what he had. He ate the fatback and a little of the rice, but gave most of the rice and water um where he had boiled the meat to his dogs. After all, they had to eat too. He called out, I know, you know, come Tico Kelico. <laughs> come on, doggies, and get you some of this dinner here. <laughs> <laughs> and those dogs came running as fast as they could and lapped up all the rice mixture. Smitty, however, was still a little hungry. But there wasn't much that he could do about that. So despite the protest of his scrumbling stomach, Smitty stoked the fire in the uh, fireplace to the cabin to keep the cabin warm. And then he went to bed. The sound of the wind came blowing in and in some places through the cabin. And it lulled Smitty to sleep because he was used to it by then. And then he heard something. He opened his eyes and saw a shadow on the wall. He eased out of bed and tiptoed into the other room. And there he saw the oddest looking creature he had ever seen. It was short and stubby with pointed ears, short fat feet with long claws, and it had this really long bushy tail. There were no open doors or windows, so Smitty was a little confused as to how, how a funny thing like that had gotten in smitty quietly picked up his axe as you do creeped over to the odd creature who was devouring an insect of some sort he raised his axe and came down squarely on the creature's tail smitty turned to catch the vermin but it was too quick it hurried hurriedly escaped through the wall So Smitty was left there standing with his long bushy tail and a blood-laden axe in his hand and no sign of the funny creature. Smitty was about to throw the old tail out the door when his stomach growled again, and it reminded him how hungry he was. Oh, no. So he took that tail, he cleaned it, and he cooked it with some of the herbs from the garden he had stored away. And then he ate it. Ugh, you don't know what that was. <laughs> it didn't taste that bad. Why, it kind of tasted like chicken. <laughs> With his stomach finally full, Smitty got back into his warm, cozy bed. Smitty had just drifted off to sleep when, the strange sound, oh, when a strange sound awoken him. It sounded like something was trying to scratch its way into the cabin. Perhaps a raccoon. Smitty knew that if he stayed really quiet, it'd probably go away. It was probably my fucking cat, because that's what she does when we close the door and she wants in the bedroom. And
0: you just hear that <laughs> on the door, and you're like, fuck, cat, go away. All I can think is like, you just saw this creepy ass critter, and you go back to the some- and you go back to sleep, and you're like, oh, that must be a raccoon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, poor Smitty. Maybe not uh, too much in the brain trust there. So he knew if he stayed really quiet, it would probably go away. So he stayed as quiet as he could. But then he heard a strange otherworldly voice, which hissed. <laughs> which hissed, Tally po. I want my Tally po Smitty thought the wind was playing tricks in his ears, but he heard it again. Tally po. Telly I want my Telly <laughs> So Smitty jumped out of bed, flung open the door, and called out to his dogs. I know you know. uh Tico, Kellyco, come over here, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> this is like phonetically spelled out. It sounds like the hey, like uh, hey, y'all, uh, come over here. Mm-hmm. Like the southern like foghorn, like come <laughs> over here, come over here, and see what's making that noise. The dogs came running and barking and sniffing around, but they didn't find anything at all, so Smitty put the dogs back outside and went to bed. Sleep had just eased itself into Smitty's body when he heard the voice again. This time, the scratching sound was like at the window. Whatever it was, it was really, really wanted in there, but the scratching seemed to be on two walls at the same time. Smitty called out, "'Hey, hey, hey, who's at my door?' Get on away from here. <laughs> <laughs> when you hear the strange vo- and then he heard the strange voice again, only this time louder. Telepo, telepo. I want my telepo. Telepo, telepo. <laughs> I'm coming to get my telepo. <laughs> Old Smitty, who wasn't one to frighten easy, was getting a little shaky. This was getting really weird. So he eased to the window and called out, I know, you know. Come, Tico, Kelly, come over here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And see what's scratching at my house. The three dogs bound up the porch and they were sniffing around and barking. They barked and barked and sniffed, but never found anything at all. Smitty decided to stay up for the rest of the night to protect himself, his dogs, and his little cabin. So he pulled a chair in front of the fireplace, grabbed a blanket from his bed, and settled in for the rest of the wind chilled, wintry night. Sleep soon overtook him, and then once again he dozed off. It was almost dawn when Smitty woke up with a start. The sound of scratching seemed to reverberate from every area of the cabin. Smitty searched frantically for his axe, his rifle, or something to defend himself, but he was so frightened he couldn't find anything. The scratching grew louder and louder and louder, and then the voice Tallypo, where's my tallypo? Give me back my tallypo. Smitty yelled back, leave me alone. I ain't got your tally po Then he called, I know you know, Comtico, Calico, come here and protect your old master. This time, the dogs didn't come. So he called again, I know you know, Comtico, Calico, don't you hear me calling you? Come here, doggies. He waited, and he waited, but still, not one dog came running. Smitty had never been so scared in his life. He ran to his bed and jumped in, the scratching in the voice grew louder and louder. Smitty yelled back as loud as he could. I ain't got no telepo. Why you don't you leave me alone and go on your own business? I ain't never hurt nobody or nothing. Just leave me alone. The scratching seemed to go inside the house now. And the voice was so loud, it was deafening. Tallypo, you took my tally po. Now I'm about to get it. Now give it to me now. Uh, smitty pulled the covers up over his head and stayed as quiet as he could but the scratching was now in his room Tallypo, you better give me my tally-po. smitty never felt the thing scratch up the bottom of the bed or he felt the thing scratch up the bottom of the bed and onto the cover smitty eased the cover down to see what was steadily approaching then he saw it a short stubby creature with pointy ears fat feet with long claws and bloodshot eyes that glowed red in the dark it seems to be burning straight through smitty before he could pull the cover over his head again the thing pounced on his chest looked straight at him and said you got my tally poe and you better give it back to me now smitty yelled i ate it i ate your tally it's gone and that thing started scratching and clawing and tearing away "'at poor old Smitty, trying to get his tally po back. "'Smitty tried to fight back, but that thing was too strong "'and his claws were too sharp. "'Smitty's screams echoed through the dark mountains "'then stopped, leaving a chilly silence. Mm. "'A month or two, without hearing from Smitty, "'the folks who owned the store at the base of the mountain "'went up to his cabin to make sure everything was all right. "'When they got there, they found his cabin torn to shreds, "'but no sign of Smitty or the dog's. They searched the woods. They called for him, Smitty, I know you know, Comtico, Calico, but they never found a thing. As the search party was headed down the mountain, the wintry wind began to blow, and a strange voice could be heard saying, "Tallypo, tallypo, now I've got your tallypo."
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that is the tale of
0: Tallypo. And that scared the shit. I bet you that would scare the shit well, out of a Well, I was
1: reading, and, like, kids in kindergarten were hearing this.
0: Oh, damn. So, it was, like,
1: apparently, because it's, it's, it's an area, uh, it actually, I think, came from um, the Appalachian regions. Uh, and there's no, like, I couldn't find it. Obviously, it's not uh, Native American. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't find if it was, like, um, maybe African-American tale or something like that, but I couldn't find where the, you know, it started from. There was no origin of of where this came from or this beast came from, but it's kind of like the the hairy toe, the, you know, the campfire, my hairy, my big hairy toe. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Who's got my hairy toe? It does. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's the same rhythm and everything of the story, but, people around here know it and it's a Georgian and Appalachian kind of tale folklore tale that again a lot scared a lot of people as children so if they tell it I guess at campfires or outside um and it was like one of the pe- people that was commenting on it was saying like yes like I'm still terrified of this because my uncle told it to me and he kept he would scratch on the door at night oh and say tally po, tally po,' and just like freak them out so I, I think adults were having a lot of fun was like scaring the shit out of children. Get
0: assholes. <laughs>
1: right? It says, in less violent versions, the beast has mm. simply attacks the man with such force that at sunrise, all that remains is the cabin, is the chimney. Um, and, you know, the telepo has exacted his revenge for the loss of his tail. And... <laughs> And there's one less common version that actually takes place in a small city in the southern U.S., and it's about a young boy named Kenny Ray. And in this version, the creature comes through the boy's window and sheds his tail instead of getting chopped off or shot off. And the boy needs money, so he sells it instead of eating it. And then later the creature comes and asks the boy, you know, where his tally is. And he's like, I don't have your tally pole. And he scares the creature away. So there's, like, it's been changed, I guess. Sounds know. weak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's it's not as scary. as like,
0: I don't have your tally pole. uh That was somebody's, like, knee-jerk reaction to having the shit scared out of them as kids. They're like, it's a good story and all, but right. Let's not make it so scary. Right. Exactly. It's a uh, telepo
1: is also like known as telebone. Or telebone, or telebows, or telepo, telepo, telepo. <laughs> Though there's all different kinds of adaptations, like I said, of this legend tale. And there's some drawings, like some fan drawings. That's what I was trying to picture it in my head,
0: with like sharp. Yeah,
1: they say it's like usually and... like the size of a dog, uh yellow eyes, red eyes, pointy ears, long tail, kind of like similar to bobcat, kind of. Um, creature, mm-hmm. and you know the scratching totally reminds me of the cat, and then the jumping on the chest mm-hmm. and just being a total asshole totally <laughs> reminds me. Like our cat gets under our bed and it's like shredded underneath our oh, bed. Yeah. So like it'll be you know two o'clock in the morning and you hear like <laughs> like all up under the bed and it's like
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like I
1: know what that is. It's a telepo. It's a telepo. A telepo. But I thought that was fun and since it was requested that we look into that and it's new to me, but it is southern folklore. That's cool. That um I would tell you the tale, telepo. I like it. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to like scare our kids. <laughs> I know. Part of me wants to be that parent. Now. I know. I wonder
0: how I could. Uh,
1: uh, well, I'll probably not. I probably won't tell my kid because then it just will backlash on me, and then it'll be like endless sleepless nights. So it's
0: Talipoo. <laughs> no, and then he'll he'll just like abjectly blame you. He'll you just be, just, like, well, it's your fault. Exactly. This is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> All right. stay up with me.
1: Stand guard outside my room. Mm.
0: So, I like it. That, that's what I got. We're going to take a break so I can get more drink. Yes. The Goat House Beer Garden in Montgomery is our favorite place to go when we're in Alabama's capital, whether it's to do a show, to visit a dilapidated movie set, or to flip off the governor's mansion.
1: (laughs) So I was talking to James, and he was telling me that the Goat House highlights local artists, singer-songwriters, makers, chefs, brewers, and entrepreneurs of all types, just like the strange South, Mm -hmm. big supporter. They intentionally support only original content because they believe that communities begin,
0: grow, and sustain when creatives and entrepreneurs thrive. It's a great atmosphere, great company, and a lot of fun. And it's less than 10 minutes from Hank Williams' grave, which is haunted. So next time you go to say hi to old Hank, stop by the Goat House Beer Garden. Tally-ho! <laughs> it does kind of feel that way. tally I'm gonna be thinking about that one for a while now. I seriously, I'm like, I, I understand why parents tell their kids those because I'm like, oh, how can I scare my children?
1: <laughs> I could traumatize them for life. And that's what the adults that were posting were traumatized as children by this by their
0: parents. By their parents. <laughs> because
1: I guess they would like drop a tally every once in a while, you know, walking by or at night, like clicking out the light. Oh, my God. Much. That's awful. That's <laughs> awful. Oh, oh, one thing that we didn't talk about um, before you tell your story that I wanted to uh, mention because, I mean, it's been almost two weeks since we've done two weeks. Is that right? Maybe a week and a half since we we did our last podcast together. Mm-hmm. And our last one, we both did true crime. Mm-hmm. And I almost, I don't have the stomach for true crime anymore.
0: I I just
1: felt so gross after the last one because after we did the podcast, we watched the little really bad documentary thing Mm -hmm. about, uh, your real estate, um, small yeah it was I that investigation
0: to deco- discovery yeah. show and like to uh, our friend uh Teresa texted me about it just yesterday i think and she's like i watched all three of them and i was like could you because uh, i don't really like them yeah and she was like no but she's like i'm one of those people that i can't put it down uh, so i've read like more bad books than you could possibly imagine because i just can't quit halfway right? through I, I mean i get it but i don't know i've just gotten to where like it makes me feel gross yeah i was happy to not do true crime again yes because i yeah, you know, and I was listening again to it after, you know, earlier this week, and I I still haven't gotten through to listen to like the whole last episode that we did. Mm-hmm. I was listening to it, and I was like oh yeah. no we're so gonna cars. have to maybe one at a
1: time if we do true grabbing. yeah it was too much i think we we thoroughly depressed ourselves i depressed myself last time
0: yeah but well because it's a whole different thing and it's it, like not as a whole it's
1: it's real yeah you know and that's i think that's why i went like way 180 with the Poe and mm-hmm. the camp story uh simply because i had to like cleanse myself of reality <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just it's just
0: too much. Yeah, it's just not. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I mean, totally agree I, with I, you. And I
1: totally. I mean, I totally get the true crime people. And, and I mean, I get it. I mean, I've, I've read all of Anne Rule's books, and you know, did that earlier on. But
0: I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting to be too old. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but I, I get. I get. You get that icky feeling mm-hmm. of ugh, these are real people.
1: Right. And I think, like, it really hit home with your guy. Because my guy was, like, a masked, faceless, mm-hmm. you know, phantom person. Uh where yours
0: was like happened two years ago, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it's just so gross. I think and that was think, part of it too. Was like, yeah, cause some so of the recent. other ones that we've done have been older. Right. You know,
1: and you can like really detach yourself. And then, mm-hmm. you know, then you start thinking about it too much. And you're like, uh, you know, how many people like that are out there that we haven't caught mm-hmm. that are still like just horrible, horrible people. And I did the post on, I think our Facebook fan group, about, you know, how about we stop giving these dudes, like, cool names. Yeah, And, you know, that's why uh, I kind of changed my name to, like, Sad Sack. Yeah, I like that better. <laughs> and just gave them, like, really shitty small penis names. <laughs> I think that that would work so that they'd stop, like, receiving all this kind of rock star attention, which yeah. is what they crave. It's totally what the, your dude craves um, is that attention and that being brought up and thought about by everybody mm-hmm. and whatnot. So
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and there's something, too, to, like, I, I when I was listening to it, I was like, you know, if I do true crime again, I want it to be different. Because it's, like, most of what I did since I was re- reading newspaper reports and stuff like that mm-hmm. for it, it, was all based on him. Right. And it wasn't based on, like, the people he killed or, you know, right, other people's stories all that. about it. And I was like, oh yeah. no, I'm not going to do it like that like again. Ted hope <laughs> should called a- him <laughs> <Tallywhacker Ted. laughs> <laughs> that's what he is for now, for now. from now on Walker Ted mm. well I'm not doing anything true crime Woo-hoo. well I mean technically it could be okay. but it's not like right it's not like realtor murders <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right here it is. This is in the 70s. Woo! The swinging 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on May 1st, 1971, 25-year-old Bobby Ford had just moved to, um, it was a new-to-him house. It wasn't a new house. Mm-hmm. In Falk, Arkansas, um, with his family. So Falk is It's in Miller County, Arkansas. It's like swampy area. You know, it's kind of, there's a lot of, you know, Water. There's a lot of bayou. There's a lot of swamp. There's a lot of wood. Is it close to like the Louisiana border? Yeah, it's um. You could get to Texas or Louisiana like okay. on a short drive. So it's all the way there in the Down corner. There. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. And um, so that's the kind of land that that they were in, and it was a fairly. I mean, it wasn't a tiny town. It had had like a heyday and everything that was basically over. You know, right. with, and you know, it was kind of an industrial town and so it's one of those that kind of went that way mm-hmm. um that you know just turned into a a small town a small country town right so um Bobby had moved there they had they had bought a different house, his brother Don and their wives Elizabeth and Patricia they were all gonna be there and they were all getting to know the house you know um so a couple weird things happened like when they had gotten there just a couple days before because they would only moved in a few days like that week they had okay. moved in mm-hmm And Wednesday night, um, Elizabeth and Patricia were outside or were inside the house and they heard somebody walking around on the back porch, which, um, they couldn't figure out who it was. You know, it worried them enough that they kind of thought about it and they looked around they didn't find anybody. Mm -hmm. But Saturday, um, May 1st, Elizabeth Ford said she was sleeping in the front room of the house. And this is, these are all quotes from Jim Powell at the Texarkana Gazette because they wrote the first article on it. She said, I saw the curtain moving on the front window and a hand sticking through the window. What? At first I thought it was a bear's paw, but it didn't look like that. It had heavy hair all over it and it had claws, which I was like, well, that is what a bear's paw looks like. (laughs) It didn't say Tally Poe. She's like, oh my God, it's a Tally (laughs) Poe. She said, I could see its eyes. They look like coals of fire. Real red, she said. It didn't make any noise, except you could hear it breathing. Yeah. So it reached its hand in through the window mm-hmm. near the couch where she was sleeping mm-hmm. in the front room. So Bobby, Dawn, and their friend Charles Taylor ran to find out what was wrong with her. And the hand was out then. And they went out after it. Right. Um. And the article said... Ford said they spotted the creature in the back of the house with the aid of a flashlight. We shot several times at it, he said, and then called the constable of Falk, who brought us another shotgun and a stronger light. We waited on the porch and then we saw the thing closer to the house. We shot again, and we thought we saw it fall down. Oh wow! So, like, I think in, in this all this is the newspaper reporting. This is the, the newspaper shit. report, and yeah. So most of this, most of this account of this particular happening came straight out of the newspaper, and like the reporters were there looking at the place and everything like that, and they they did their work and all. Um, so they thought they saw the thing fall in the woods and so the three of them wandered into the woods to try and like mm-hmm. very carefully follow up and, and see if it had actually gone in, like gone down. Mm-hmm. And then they heard the women screaming at the house. Oh shit. So all of them turned around and started run back and Bobby was the first one to make it back to the house and he was jumping up. It, he said the rungs of a ladder. Somebody else said it was just he was walking up the steps. So I don't know, maybe the porch was kind of high off the ground and it was a weird step. But he was going up to get onto the porch and the thing Thing grabbed him from behind oh my god he said i felt a hairy arm come over my shoulder and the next thing i knew we were on the ground and the only thing i could think about was how to get out of there the thing was breathing real hard and his eyes were about the size of a half dollar and real red he said and this was the interview with the newspaper guy i finally broke away and ran around the house and through the front door and when they say he ran through the front door Like, he ran through the front door. Like, he didn't open it. Oh, He was terrified. He, like, ran straight through it. Wow. And broke the door down to get in. And then passed out cold on the floor.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So, they... um, The guys who had been out there with him, by the time they got back, all whatever had happened with him was over. And they didn't see the thing anywhere. And um, Bobby was passed out. So, they took him to the hospital. And he was treated for... All he had... He had scratches, like big scratches on his side and on his chest, but they treated him for shock because he was like terrified. And, um, the hospital confirmed to reporters whose first thought was he'd been drinking. Mm -hmm. They confirmed that he'd not had, he had not been drinking. Oh, wow. So that was in there too. Mm -hmm. Um, so Ford said to the police and the hospital and the newspapers that the thing was seven feet tall. He said it was about three feet wide across the chest and that, um, he thought it was a bear, but then it ran upright and it moved too fast upright to be a bear. And so the next morning was when all the newspaper people and everybody got there and they didn't find any blood. So like they thought they'd shot it and knocked it down, but they didn't find any evidence of it having gotten injured. And they, but they did find scratches on the front porch that they said seemed to be made by something that had three claws Are there photos? Yeah. uh, I don't know if there are photos of the scratches on the front porch. Excuse me. There are tracks and there are photos of tracks Mm -hmm. that look like they were left by something with three toes. And there were saplings broken off in the woods. So the Ford family had moved into the house like less than five days ago. Mm-hmm. And by the time the reporters got there on Sunday morning, they were already packing up their truck to leave. Well, yeah. like they, it was half packed and they were on their way out. Damn. Because they were like, we got no interest. And some mm-hmm. people had said like, well, there was a panther clearly living under the house when it wasn't occupied. And that panther got pissed at you and come out and tried to, you know, get you out of its place. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they all seem to have seen it pretty well. Right. And if it was
1: walking on, two it was walking legs, on two legs. And if it was like reached into the
0: house through the window, I mean, fuck that. I know. I was trying to picture anything just like reaching its hand in through oh, the window. Don't want to picture that. So, <laughs> so that um. Shortly after that, like, um, there were these giant footprints that this guy had a soybean field nearby. His name was Willie Smith, and he found these giant footprints in the soybean field that were those three-toed footprints. Mm-hmm. And the guy who wrote the, the newspaper article was saying they were all in a line and they didn't step on any plants, which was weird, he thought. And he took pictures of those. So there, there are pictures of those. And the police took casts of these footprints. And um, Willie, the guy who owned the soybean field, took casts of them too. <laughs> and by then, monster hunters started showing up from across the country to wow. find out what this was. Because this newspaper article got picked up and well, run um, yeah. in newspapers across the country. So people started going to Falk to try and figure out what it was Mm -hmm. and so willie took casts of these prints in a soybean field and started selling them as souvenirs to people who came to hunt for monsters um and so, Whatever you got to do, Willie. I know, right? You got to <laughs> you got to do something. They're going to be on your land. Exactly. So you might as well make that's, some money from it. <laughs> that's what it was like. It's all trespassing from here on out. <laughs> um, so like people were saying things like, like the panther thing. Like there was mm-hmm. a panther living under their porch. And people were saying that like maybe some circus train had derailed. I think we've heard this one before. That a circus train at one point in the past had derailed. And all the animals had gotten loose. And this was just some wild animal from the circus. That was, but there was no evidence that, I think that, that I I think that story happens a lot when stuff like this occurs and they don't know what animal it is. Train wrecks usually make news. They make the news. Yeah. You would know if a circus train derailed in your, Mm. (laughs) in your very small town, that keeps a pretty (laughs) concise history. Um, so, uh, let's see. There was a radio station, a local radio station in Little Rock, not local, um, but they offered like a thousand dollar reward to anyone who could capture this critter, oh, damn. and um, a guy locally, uh, Ray Scroggins, offered a two hundred dollar reward locally for anybody who could bring it alive. Mm-hmm. And so it brought more and more people. Oh, mm-hmm. And um, of course, like this is a this is a small you know town, and I'm sure they appreciated everybody. They did not love <laughs> all this attention. After a minute, it's like. There are some, some cool things about people coming into town and it's exciting and everything, but mm-hmm. everybody's kind of ready to be done with it after right. a couple of days. And like people are clogging up the roads and you can't get into the grocery store and people are just being not local, right? You know, which is kind of a problem. Um, so, uh, but three weeks after this attack, this, this Ford Mm-hmm. attack happened in may there were three people from Arcana were driving home from shreveport one night at like midnight and they saw a large hairy thing cross the road and um on highway 71 and they said that it stooped and it had long dark hair but it walked on its its back legs it was like walked like a person mm-hmm. and it walked faster than a man like three strides to get across the road kind of fast oh shit and it swung its arms mm-hmm. like a monkey mm-hmm. and um the the sheriff at the time said, "I know these people. They're not people that just make up shit." Right, and that was that's kind of like the the recurring theme of a lot of these stories. Right, it wasn't like drunk
1: Billy Bob. Yeah, who's like already in like his second case of exactly bush pbr pbr no
0: that's too hipster that's what those non-locals brought in the pbr but like so um yeah like after a while there were like confirmed hoax sightings like three kids got into a fight and ended up like blaming something on the monster and they they, those people got like fined sixty dollars for telling fake ghost or fake fake monster Mm -hmm. reports but um it was, it was funny because like, folks didn't really want to report having seen anything, anyways, because it's kind of embarrassing. Right. Because you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be like, I saw one this of those imaginary thing. Kooks. Exactly. And so people hadn't really wanted to be reporting anything in the first place. And then there were these confirmed hoaxes, and it really dropped off a lot because mm-hmm. there had been more sightings, and then there were like, not a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but a year later, this Texarkana filmmaker named Charlie Pierce who is the filmmaker that did The Town That Hated Sundown. Oh, that wow. That you talked about last yes. week, which I didn't, this is not an intentional connection. Oh, weird. But um, he decided he was going to do a movie about this monster experience that the Fords had. Right. And so he came into Falk and he hired a guy named Smokey Crabtree to kind of like lead him. And seriously, that's dude's <laughs> name, man. <laughs> okay. Smokey Crabtree was their kind of guide through Falk and through, because it's, so much of it is there's so many people who fish all the time mm-hmm. and live in the woods and hunt in the woods. And right. they're outdoors people. And they see a lot of outdoors people. all the things that happen. Exactly. Right, out there. And you don't really, you know, if you're mm-hmm. not from there, you're not going to really know how to even get to a fishing. It's not like there's signs or shit. Right. So um, he hired Smokey to kind of show him around the places and, mm-hmm. you know, the places where it was. And he created a movie about the Falk Monster that was called The Legend of Boggy Creek. Oh, I think I've heard of that. It was like a B classic. Yeah, and um, it was released in '72, I think. It had a hundred and sixty thousand dollar budget, and it made twenty million dollars. Holy shit! It was the tenth <laughs> highest grossing movie of 1972. Oh my god! I know. I was like, holy! And so, you know, I'm I'm looking at this stuff, and I'm come across this movie, and I'm like, holy shit! I have to find this movie. Yes. Here's the, here, Oh my god! This pissed me off so much. I wasted so much time. This week trying to find a video of this. Mm And I was like, YouTube will have it. Somebody will have it. Mm -hmm. I found all these links to it, and all the links are dead. Oh, no. And Mm -hmm. Amazon Prime used to have it for free. Oh. And that link is dead. Mm -hmm. And all these, you can't find it. And then I realized that um, Charlie Pierce's daughter bought the rights to the movie, and she remastered it. And she released it again in June, like a couple months ago, this past June, like two months ago. Right. She re-released it at a debut in Texarkana at a theater in Texarkana Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be the remastered version released on Blu-ray this year. Mm -hmm. So if like, I'm all about it. Like I cannot wait to watch this because apparently it scared the shit out of people. Oh, wow. But you know, I've seen the, the couple little clips that I've seen are from like trailers that they Mm -hmm. left up and they, I mean, they really did just have a dude in a gorilla suit. Like (laughs) it was a dude in a gorilla suit. And I think maybe what they intended to do with the remaster was he was just supposed to be a placeholder, and they were supposed mm. to use like um, techniques to to blur him right. enough to make him not Mysterious. look like a dude in a gorilla Mysterious. suit. Oh and my him. gosh! Well, I was hoping that you were gonna say, "And Mystery Science Theater, like, hold on down. now,
1: <gasps>
0: <laughs> please." There were sequels, and um, Mystery Science Theater three thousand did. Boggy Creek Two, the legend continues, and okay. I am totally gonna watch we that. Are, yes, on board. Let's with that. let's let's do it. Let's get that happening today. Because mm-hmm. I can't wait to see that. Oh. I started and I was like, I cannot watch this without you. Mm-hmm. So um yeah. So anyway, if, you, if you're if you looking for The Legend of Boggy Creek, if you feel like elbowing somebody in the eye on eBay and paying like $95 <laughs> Holy for it, shit. that's what you have to pay to get the original DVD now. Wow. Um, but the, hopefully they'll be on Blu-ray soon, and mm-hmm. you'll be able to see the original cult classic, The Legend of Boggy Creek. Um, <laughs> so the movie did amazingly well.
1: Mm-hmm, and
0: because it was so cult, it sprung up all this long-lasting interest in this Falk monster. So there's a Falk monster website that has a list of up-to-date sightings. I think the most recent one was 2018. Wow. That you can go through and just scroll all the way back to like the 1860s, which wow. is how far fa- how far right. like sightings actually went. Yeah. Um there's a Falk monster festival. Um there's been people have written books, there's been documentaries, there's been more research. So it turns out like I said there's been sightings as far back as the 1800s. Um if you count they used to have reports of what they called the arkansas wild man Mm -hmm. that the description wasn't exactly the same but like a lot of the behaviors sound the same from Mm -hmm. the reports and those were all newspaper documented sightings and so that as far back as like the 1800s there were um a whole bunch of stories in this documentary that i found and this guy i guess said that the legend of Boggy Creek had influenced him a lot as a child and so he'd gotten kind of obsessed with it and he'd done this documentary called The Boggy Creek Monster. Mm-hmm. Um, you can That is for free on Amazon, so I did watch that. Mm-hmm. And he interviewed other local folks who had reported seeing it before and after the movie came out because he was like, I want people to know that people didn't just start seeing this then and then there were all these sightings afterwards Right, it's, that, been like, happening. it's been happening for a long time so i watched it and there were a couple local reports that i thought were kind of super cool and you know, sometimes like you can watch somebody talk and you're just kind of like i don't believe you right and there were a couple of those people on this mm-hmm. documentary to me you know right. he he clearly you know had had something that he thought i don't know it's just just that vibe you get right. sometimes from oh, people is right. like, you, this is about you being on TV. Mm-hmm. The people that weren't about them being on TV or that just told the ass kick story, um, those are the people that I wanted to pay attention to. So there was this dude named Will Lunsford who um, reported seeing it in the 80s. And he had gone fishing and it was the same place he'd gone fishing a billion other times. Mm-hmm. And he smelled something dead as he was kind of crossing over where this gas line crosses. And he was like, there's dead shit all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the woods. Right. And um, and then he was like looking out into the into the trees and realized something just didn't look right. And he's like, I've been here thousands of times and I couldn't pinpoint what it was I was seeing. But I knew something was out of place. And then he saw like it was like it, it sounded like it was almost like one of those like, you know, those mall kiosk pictures where you have to like change your the way that you're looking at the picture to get the 3d image to Mm -hmm. it almost sounded like something like that happened where he was just like i just had to look at it the right way and Mm -hmm. then i could see this creature crouching down behind a tree oh man and he said um it had like a branch kind of over its head and it lifted up the branch so he could see it Mm -hmm. and he said this is how he said it too and he starts standing up and he keeps standing up And he keeps standing up. Oh, my God. And the guy's thinking, this this is clearly a bear. This thing is massive. And he said just watched him. And he couldn't move because he was terrified. Mm -hmm. And so he got a good look at its face. And he was like, that is not a bear. Mm -hmm. And it walked to the middle of the trail like a person, you Mm -hmm. know. And then it stood and, like, kind of separated. Like, it took a wide stance. And it just kind of swayed back and forth and, like, stared at him. And then it like walked back to behind the tree and it took that limb that it had like moved before and it put it between its teeth and pulled all the leaves off of uh, it with its teeth. And it's then it not walked like creating a skewer or anything. Right, right? I know. <laughs> and then it walked back into the middle of the trail and took that wide stance and just swayed back and forth all the while just staring at it. Like didn't take his eyes off him the whole time. And then like it was a territorial thing. Oh yeah. Like it was like, hey, this is my spot. Mm-hmm and then he said all of a sudden just in two strides it disappeared into the woods he was like you couldn't even tell uh, it was that fast wow and uh and that guy it was like he was out of breath and he was it Clearly sounded terrified. really real to me you know yes. and um the other one that i thought was kind of cool was there was a story that um so smoky crabtree the guy who took mm-hmm. him through the place one of the reasons they chose him too not just cuz he knew the place and All like their family, like lived off the land. So they really knew the place, you Mm -hmm. know, they knew the places other people didn't know. Mm -hmm. And um, his son, though, his son's name is Lynn, um, had come in and told them that he had seen it when he was 14 years old. It was 1965. And by the way, Smokey Crabtree, like, he hates the movie that they make. (laughs) He was like, this is a sensationalized version of what actually happened. He also claimed to have the carcass of the creature at one point that he kept really close to his chest and didn't ever let anybody see. But he was like, I found a body out in the woods one time. And Mm -hmm. he put it on display for, like, 50 cents a pop one time at some, like, town festival. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, he... He, it's not like he didn't believe in the creature. It was just that he didn't believe in the filmmaker, <laughs> so, And he thinks that everybody who was in the film, because the people who were in the film were actually locals, most mm-hmm. of whom were related to the people that it actually happened to or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he said, like, none of them got paid like they should have, and he oh, was just no. pissed about the whole thing. Anyway, right. but his son, Lynn, in um, 1965, Smokey told this story on the documentary that I watched. He said he went squirrel hunting and he started hearing a noise like his dog got cut up in a like in a barbed wire fence and um he thought he'd get loose of it but he couldn't and so he's like i better go check it out because he's going to kill himself on a barbed wire fence and um and smokey says when he got to where he could see it he said it was that damn creature making that racket (laughs) And he was 60 steps away from it, he says, and there was nothing between. There were no trees. There was nothing between them. Mm-hmm. And he said he could see all of its back, and he could see the side of its face, and it was stuck in the fence. Oh. And it was just howling. And he said it was highly pissed off. Mm-hmm. And um, he said his arms were longer than his legs. And the kid didn't really know what to do. Right. Um, he said it looked enough like an animal that he wasn't fixing to talk to it. But it looked enough like a man that he was scared to shoot it. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so it managed to get itself loose while he was still standing there. And it walked right towards him. And it, like, lifted its face up into the air and started sniffing like it could smell him before it could see him standing there. Mm -hmm. And it just started stooping further and further down, like, as it sniffed the air and sniffed that he was there. And the thing walked really close. And this Lynn has a squirrel shot in his gun. And he's like ain't nothing it's not gonna do anything you just piss him off even more exactly he's like it's not gonna hurt him because he said he's got this really furry just leathery hide and he's like it's not gonna do anything to him but he took aim at its face mm-hmm. thinking that he could get it in the eye and so he emptied his gun into this thing's face and it acted like it didn't even hear the sound of the gunshots it's like it did zero nothing and so of course like this kid turns around and just starts like, okie dokie, I'm going to go home now. <laughs> you know, don't mind me. And, uh, he said, you know, he kind of, he was back and he was like kind of backing away from it. So he could keep his eyes on it and uh-huh. it didn't chase him. He said, but it was, it wanted to make sure that he knew it wasn't going to just let him leave. And so it was like walking at the same pace that he was walking. And then when he sped up, uh-huh. it made sure it kept, cap- kept the same distance between oh, them fuck. and then finally he just gave up and threw everything down and raced back to the house and hoped it wasn't behind him right and smoky said he remembered him just hauling ass out of the woods just absolutely like pale face terrified mm-hmm. um and i think i don't know it's one of those things like enough people enough people who other folks say these are credible people we believe them when they say things
1: mm-hmm.
0: Is like so it There are a lot of people who see something weird that's not a hoax. Mm -hmm. They see something. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people in an area where there are a whole lot of hunters Mm -hmm. and you, if you've got a lot of bears, you see a lot of bears. Like, it's not like some, you know, somebody who's never seen a bear walking up and misidentifying something. Correct, correct. It's like somebody who's seen a bear Right. Who knows what a bear looks like? Oh, who and knows how it what moves. all the wildlife looks like out there? Because exactly. they grew up with it. Yeah. And it's something familiar. And it's one of those things that we, a lot of people can, like if you grow up with something, you look at it, and if it moves wrong, your brain automatically knows it's not the thing. Right. You know, it's like you know it's different because it's just that tick of this is not right. Something's wrong. Mm mm-hmm. And so I was like, because people, they should know bears. And everybody's saying, like, all these things that they're seeing are bears. Right. Misidentified bears. And I'm like, it just doesn't quite sound like that, no. though. But even, even if
1: a bear is, like, starving and is skinny or has mange or something like that, that you know can transform the appearance of them, even that is identifiable as a bear mm-hmm. with mange
0: or a bear with, you know, especially if it moves
1: especially if it moves
0: because like i think the thing the thing too is that everybody's saying specifically saying it walks like a man Mm -hmm. stooped over right but it walks like a man his arms longer than their legs and quickly
1: and it's quickly right and And if the guy was like that was really interesting that it was like you know didn't know if he could would shoot it because he
0: couldn't tell if it was a man or a bear Mm -hmm. that's horrifying yeah so, it was, uh, yeah, I was like, that was a really interesting, I had, I found a whole bunch of other stuff because I went down, mm-hmm. I went down the rabbit trail uh, on this one because yes. there are all these there are anthropologists who have looked into it. They're, and sometimes I wonder if we called it stuff like a lot of people call like the, the Honey Island Swamp Monster, call it, the Mississippi Swamp Ape or the Louisiana Swamp Ape. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people call the Sasquatch the North American Wood Ape. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I wonder if we just talked about it like that, if maybe it'd be less, less. I don't know, well, stigma. Yeah, <laughs> Is that what uh, I'm looking yeah, for?
1: I, I don't know. I also think that, you know, we have the technology now, like everybody slap up a hunting cam or whatever, like, on you know, all the way around and see, if, you know, what you catch. Mm-hmm. I oh, know, very
0: interesting. So that's the story of the Falk monster. And in Falk now they have fully embraced their monster tourist destination might as well self and so they have Falk Monster Mart in Falk where this is like this massive tourist souvenir store where you can buy like souvenir casts of its feet and t-shirts and posters from the movie and signed photographs probably i don't know i'm just making shit up now but <laughs> the monster <laughs> signed photographs <laughs> <laughs> like so we made a little industry out of it um and if you want to see that the documentary movie the boggy creek monster movie that's on amazon prime for free too if mm-hmm. you're on prime so that's an easy like an hour long right um it's not great either, but none yeah. of them are. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm like, oh, nothing's great. These movies aren't great. Uh, yeah. But they're really kind of cool to watch. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Good story. <laughs> well, thanks
1: y'all for listening. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
0: Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And check out our website, thestrangesouth.com. All our social media links are there. And for extra fun and goodies, join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast. And if you love us so much that you want to support what we do and get bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes photos and videos, please consider joining our Patreon, 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 at www.patreon.com slash south. (laughs) Tallyhoo!